have a problem every year around MLK Day because the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. for some reason has been treated as America's civil rights mascot. On this day, you'll have folks who would have never in their life marched with, agreed with, voted with anything he believed in. One of the biggest bigots in the United States Congress, he had the audacity to send out a Dr. King quote. The march has begun every day. We rise like the sun. We fight till the battle is won. Can you hear the footsteps? Listen, because we're... And we're still fighting. Hello and good evening. My name is Sharon Eaton Hinton. I am the producer and host of On Another Level. As usual, we have an amazing show. I have an amazing guest. She happens to be a friend of mine who wears many hats. Tonight, the hat that she's wearing is the president of the Hyde Park Neighborhood Association. We are talking about streets and squares and zoning and housing and all this other stuff. Um, it was a lot to me. But if you're trying to figure out why your streets look the way they do and you've got buses going down there and you live down there and all of a sudden looks very different and it operates very differently and you come home one day and it just seems like there's this 10-story building next to your house that you knew nothing about, this is the show for you. We're going to take live phone calls halfway through the program. I will be back, but don't go anywhere. Stay with us because this is information about housing. We'll be back with Streets and Squares in a minute. Buying a home anywhere is tough. Buying one in the Boston. Buying a home anywhere is tough. Um, maybe we'll be able to bring that to you later on. Uh, but we're back and we're live. I told you don't go anywhere because you never know what's going to happen, especially with live television. Um, let me introduce my host, my friend Mimi Turchinis. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Sharon? Former candidate for a city council in District 5. Hyde Pack. Hyde Pack. Hyde Pack. Um, but you are here representing, well, you're representing uh, homeowners. You're a homeowner. You're representing residents. You're representing Bostonians. You're representing people who are trying to figure out what is going on with where we live. Right. Right? And so you, you and I have been talking about, you know, full disclosure, we're both board members, Southwest Boston CDC, which is affordable housing uh, a builder. I think we're the only ones in, in Southwest Boston, which is Roslindale and Hyde Park. So I've been, you're the reason why I'm on this board initially, and you're the reason why I'm still on this board. Right. But I got <laughs> on this board, um, Southwest Boston CDC, because as a homeowner, I wanted to know what is happening in my area, on my street, in my neighborhood, in terms of housing, any funding, any you know street lights, street lamps, trash collection, um, and so my former neighbor was a member of the BRA, which is now the BPDA. BRA um, is was the Boston Redevelopment Association for Black Authority. Folks. We used to call it Black Removal Association. Yeah. Both Authority, of those were yeah. appropriate. So now it's the Boston Planning and Development Association. Agency. Agency. Whatever. Okay. But it's still the same organization, different name. Yeah, but it's, it's actually the same legally. It's still the BRA. It's EDIC. still the BRA. Yeah. Okay, and so we're not going to get into the fact that Mayor Michelle Wu, actually, one of her campaign promises was to dismantle it because it still exists, yes. but it's going through all these different machinations. Yes. But one thing that came to both of our attention is this whole streets and squares um, initiative, campaign, development thing. Can you give us the brief pieces of it before, our, before my brain starts to get fried? Because you read how many pages of stuff to understand this? 116. And you're a lawyer. <laughs> I am. You're a lawyer. I am a lawyer. Tell, give us the brief overview. Sure. So, so thank you, Sharon, for having me you're on. Welcome. It's so great to be here. Um, one thing I love to do is always come on your shows. <laughs> Nothing better than being with Sharon and at another level. So thank you for having me. Um, and so what this initiative is, mm -hmm. it is, in fact, if you look at the trajectory, you laid out the fact that, that when... Mayor Wu was a city councilor. She wrote a paper that said that we should abolish the BPDA. And part of her analysis was it, um, it's clunky and you don't know what you're getting. And, and, and Well, inefficient, right? But that there's not enough community input and communities are left out. And 
she laid out the history that we all know of what the BRA did in the West End in terms of removal. Um, and it's, it's a great paper, right? She used that as one of her stepping stones to, to get to mayor. She came, and also when she ran, she also said she was going to revise the zoning. So we knew that was coming. Um, she also is committed to affordable housing. So we know that, that she's doing what she can around affordable housing, right? This initiative is, seemed to come out of nowhere. I mean, they, they started, so the BPDA um, put forward an initiative. It's not elected, appointed. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. They're all appointed, yeah. By well, I mean, the, the BPDA board is appointed. The BPDA staff is staff. It's an organization, right? It's a city organization, um, which is an authority. Um, but let's roll back for a second. Before you even get to the initiative, for those people, I'm trying to break it down. What does the BPA do? For someone who's had to build, you know oh. what zoning means. For someone who has had to make an adjustment, if you own a property and you want to build onto it, adjust it, you know what zoning means. For someone who has a business, you know what zoning means. But for the average person who's a viewer, they may not know the purpose of the BPDA or how important zoning is. So right, can, yes. let's start there. So the BPDA is the planning and um, development agency. So what they for the do city. for the whole city, for the city of Boston, it's a city of Boston entity. Um, what they do is they um, are kind of the, the receptacle of development. So if somebody wants to build something, um, say a 14 unit building or a 25 unit building or a big building downtown, they have to put in um, a notice an application. They have to designate to the BPDA that they're going to build. And then a process ensues, right? It's like um, depending on if it's a small project, if it's a large project, then there's different rules around it. Or if they want to acquire city property, they go yeah. to the BPDA. Or unless, probably yes. Um, so one of the things that the BPDA has, it has the 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 to do all these things, you have to have them based on the zoning code, right? Because the zoning code are the set of rules around land. Which says and land disposition. you can't have a liquor store near a church. Or right. you can't have a dispensary right. within a certain yards of a school. Or if you are a certain um, block of, of a community is zoned for just single family homes or two family homes. Or you can have mixed use or you can have shopping malls or you can have all those different kinds of uses and of mixed land. Mixed use would be, say you buy a house but you want to put a business on the... Yeah, a mixed use would be say like a, a 14 unit building in downtown Hyde Park that has housing in the top two floors shops. and on the bottom is shops. Right. Could be mixed use. Okay, so I just um, want to give our viewers like this, this is what we're talking about. Yeah, yep. So go for it. So, so one of the key, and this is different than, we're not at squares and streets yet, we're at something else. Mm -hmm. So one of the key articles, it's called Article 80, which is the, the set of rules around how we develop both small and large projects. And I'm not going to give you all the exact details at this point, I can't think of what the exact numbers are. but. Article 80 is kind of the set of rules if you, um, somebody wants to build a large project. So like Crane Ledge Woods went under Article 80. Um, big projects downtown are under Article 80 and they have a very specific set of rules around how it is that the community engages. They do this thing called IAGs, which are impact advisory groups. You have to, the developer has to go to the BPDA, file a notice. The, the notice then gets out to the community, there's public hearings, there's this whole series Process. of processes, right? That's supposed to so, involve the community yes. before they build these large developments. Very much so. And there's the impact advisory groups, which are um, small groups that um, elected officials will put in names, and those are, the, it's community residents who should be on this, these IAGs that then get all the plans, meet with the BPDA, um, meet with the project managers, and have the ability to, to comment on the project and to talk about 
um, and put forward potential ideas for mitigation, right? Okay. This thing is too big, it, it's terrible, so the mitigation should be uh, one less floor, and we went in originally for 300 units and mitigation, so 200 units. And, the kind so of discussion back and forth conversation between IAGs. people who are directly impacted yes. yep. who live close yes. to or impacted by the development correct. correct so so one of the things that that the mayor made a choice to do about a year ago was she she uh, announced that she was going to reform article 80 so a lot of community folks neighborhood associations different leaders um, were watching this and she identified a whole bunch of folks to be on this Article 80 steering committee, right? How many Working people are group. On the committee? I think it's 15. I okay. should have had the list. I don't have the list in front of me. But almost everybody on that group have some role in development, whether okay. they're architects or they're developers or they're. Union. Um, was there any unions? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, but say. Neighborhood association? One, so one person of that whole group represented a neighborhood association. Mm. And so a lot of us in the neighborhood association world, because part of what we do in our neighborhood associations is they send, um, the, the developers will come to us mm -hmm. and make presentations, right? So we said, this is crazy. There should be much more of a representation of folk in the community on this committee. And people See, got that together. Committee is the IAG, right? No, this is this is the, the IAG is just a part of Article Eight. Oh, okay. So um, this is a committee that Wu um, appointed to the review, kind of to, to review with the goal of rewriting Article Eighty. Ah, okay, okay. And one of the things that they were talking about is getting rid of the IAGs. Okay. Um, they don't work. This thing doesn't work. That thing doesn't work. Let's do this. Let's do that. So all these people were working on this whole Article 80 working group trying to engage, writing letters saying um, that, you know, if you want to reform Article 80, here are some things you should do. How about environmental justice communities? How about adding more green space? How about this? How about that? None of that kind of has been addressed yet. And so people have been organizing around this to try to have more access and to address the issues in there. And then they come out with the squares and streets thing. So the BPDA came out with the squares and streets thing under the, underneath the direction of the mayor? Oh, okay. I think so. I just want to be clear who they I mean, I, I, we all know that it's a uh, strong mayoral city. And the goal of this, of our mayor, uh, you know, and God bless her, right? The goal of her, her goal is to bring in um, BPDA and EDIC um, into EDIC? So EDIC is the other part of the BRA. The BRA... And what does EDIC stand Economic for? Economic Development Industrial Corporation. See, and I so full know. disclosure... They, Subtitles. I'm in a, I am employed by EDIC. Okay. Um, so, you know, I have a, a fiduciary interest in this organization, but I also make a choice to, to critique and speak my, my voice. Because um, I think that that's important. I think we should all be able to do that as, as residents and citizens of the Commonwealth. Um, so anyway, so that we're in the middle of, of dealing with this, this Article 80 thing. And then they drop squares and streets. And so the squares and streets is even more complicated and even more challenging. So what this is, what they're, and, and this is the, the rezoning the city, right? What they're trying to do is... It's, and I'm going to read this because this is exactly off the website. Okay. It's a new initiative that will modernize regulations for how development will happen in Boston's commercial centers. And so there's two things going on at the same time. There's a recrafting of a new set of rules. So they're creating, they meaning the BPDA okay. planning staff okay. has rewritten, has written, not rewritten, has written... Uh, proposed, new proposed zoning language, which is Article 26, Article 8, and Article 23. And, and what this is going to do is create a whole bucket of new tools, if you will. Think of it this way. 
Um, right now in various neighborhoods, there are articles, zoning tools, a zoning, a zoning map, right? Mm -hmm. For Hyde Park, we both live in Hyde Park. Mm -hmm. Hyde Park, it's Article 69. No, we don't. You don't need to know where I live. <laughs> so, sorry, it's a big, big town. Um, so in Hyde Park, there's Article 69. Okay. And what this would, and, and people um, worked in a collaborative process with the BRA 12 years ago and, and rewrote the zoning for Hyde Park. And people really like Article 69. It it's very much does what people want. This is going to create a new zoning language that can be citywide in scope. And so they're trying to change um, density and um, the height and uh, add additional affordable housing and just a whole bunch of different things. So that density would, is how many people you can put within a square mile or a block? In a How building. Can in a building. Oh, in a building. It's that, the density it's that, of a building. It's that micro. Okay. That's micro. In a building. And then the height is the height of whatever gets the built building, in that area? That building. Any building. Or is it just housing? Well, I think any building. Okay. Any building. So, so the, the, the way that they're doing the streets and squares, okay, is that, or squares and streets, is that creating theoretical zoning new zones, right? And the zones are S0, S1, S2, S3. What does um, that mean? That's just what they call them. And zone so zero, zone one. And, and so each one of those zones will have a particular series of characteristics, like and, and this is, Sharon and I talked about how difficult it is to understand this because it's written in a document that is very difficult to read. But there's, the important part of this document is there's a chart that has all of the land uses of what it is that we do with our land, right? We, we build housing, we have artists live work uh, um, buildings, we have um, single family homes, we have uh, apartment complexes up to, um, one to four units, five to eight units, nine to 14 units, 15 plus units. We have childcare, adult day healthcare, grocery stores, large restaurants, small restaurants, retail for cannabis, churches. check cashers, churches, all these things. So Are those like S1, S2, S3? Is that how they group so, and stuff? No, so what they're doing is that if you look, and too bad we can't put this up to explain it, but at the top of the chart, it says S0, S1, S2, S3, right? S4, there's five of them. And then on the side is housing, affordable housing, or housing one to four units, one to blah, 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 right? Like a and table. Then, like, a like it's a table, okay. right? A table, a chart. Um, and of these different uses, they can be allowed a conditional, like you have to ask somebody, see, or forbidden. And so this chart, forbidden. so this chart has like, all right, so for housing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. My brain is about to get crunched. Um, I probably haven't done a good job introducing no, no, it. No, 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 I'm with you. But I think uh, we need to take a break. I want to see if we can up one of those charts we can no 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 oh god no <laughs> because you can't it's not really translatable i looked at it in television it's just too small but there's too much stuff in it and we'd have to walk through the whole thing and, and i would lose people i would change the channel but um let's see if we can roll uh one of those roll-ins about overall housing and why it's so expensive in massachusetts try not the first one but try one of the other ones please and um let's get an idea of where massachusetts is and why maybe the mayor and the BPDA feel so compelled in terms of housing, mm -hmm. of why mm -hmm. we need to even do that. So uh, you're on another level. I know I'm going there. With Mimi Turtonitz, my guest, who's the president of the Hyde Park Neighborhood Association. Stay with us, and hopefully this next snippet will explain even more so why this is so important. Anyone looking to buy a home right now is facing a double challenge. Hello, I'm Patrick.
So the re that particular clip that you didn't see in both of those talked about the fact that Massachusetts has historically and right now is one of the most expensive places to live in the country. But there are specific characteristics to Boston and Massachusetts that make it very difficult to buy a house, no matter who you are. Some people are, um, and see, I, I don't, the Gen Z, the Gen V, the LMNOP, the bottom line is if you have a house right now and it's affordable and you bought it at a decent uh, rate, um, you're not letting go of it anymore because it's very difficult if you want to stay here to be able to buy another house. The other thing is if you're trying to buy a house, and there's a lot of people that are moving into Massachusetts because of the tech industry booming, because of the fact that we have more colleges and universities per square mile than any place, and hospitals than any place else in the world. So people want to come here to go to school here. They want to come here to work here, but they can't afford to stay here. So you've got people that want to come here that can't afford to buy here. You've got people who grew up here who can't afford to stay here, and especially people who are people of color and people who are, um, well, recently immigrated to, to uh, this country and maybe want to stay here in Boston, there are, it's difficult to buy a house, to keep a house, to buy housing, to keep housing. For some reason, it's difficult right now to play these clips. We are <laughs> going to be here for a while, and maybe we'll get to play those. But let's get back to the local issue. If you are, and so this is not just for homeowners or if you're a developer in a business, if you live in Boston, in any of the 13 neighborhoods, any of the neighborhoods in Boston, it's difficult. If you live somewhere else, um, the West Coast is incredibly expensive. And so there are three or four different cities, New York, Boston, San Francisco, that trade off the top three spots. A lot of the spots in the top 10, at least three, four of them are always on the West Coast. Boston is always in the top five. New York is always in the top five, and then there's other places. So as people are looking for affordable houses and you live here, it's where do you go? As people are aging, because there, there's a housing stock that was affordable at one point, and so these people actually own their homes, but their income is not, um, we're talking about boomers, baby boomers, um, their income is not, which is fixed, is not necessarily um, holding um, and allowing for people to hold on to their houses. Because you have a house, then you've got to maintain your house. So if the cost of energy goes up, and about six months ago, the cost of energy went up about 40 to 50%. And when I say energy, gas, oil, electric, that kind of stuff went up 40%. When I called my gas company, which I won't blast tonight, my energy company, I said, what in the heck is going on? Oh, the war in Ukraine. I'm sorry. I don't live in Ukraine. Show me the connection. What's that got to do with all of a sudden my energy costs go up 40% because my pay is not going up like that. So people's wages are not going up like that. So if you have not really prepared for being retired and having a certain nest egg, even people who are making 150000 over are finding it difficult to pay their bills. So what is really the middle class and what is really the poor class? We're talking about right now a mayor who says that she wants to build more affordable housing and she's trying to do that. This zoning in streets and squares has to do with the overall planning of Boston. So if you think um, Boston and Massachusetts is different in terms of the, the demographics of the country, uh, Massachusetts is very different. And for those of you on fixed income, it is not adjusted for where you live. The feds set a certain rate, and that's what you have to survive on, right? And there's been a cost of living to um, Social Security, which is the first cost of living in the last 20 years, 25 years, but the rate of inflation has outdistanced that. So this, if you think this show has nothing to do with you, if you're living and breathing and you need housing, period, especially here, it absolutely does. We're gonna take phone calls um, later on. Oh, I think we've got the video working. Let's look at that and stay with us on another level. Buying a home anywhere is tough. Buying one in the Boston Devil is a liar, pants on fire with gasoline drawers. Technology. When we get it, we'll show it to you. Let me go back to my guests and we'll work it out. So did I, I, I basically talked about what we're talking about now. The mayor is trying to, and this is her first, you know, her first term. Um, the change that she's trying to make, uh, she, uh, she either has to be reelected again or the next person that comes in has to follow that because this is not going to go away. 
in four years of a, of a term. But this is a, a plan and initiative that she talked about before she got in there. Now she's in there. But then there are people that have been there longer than her. I remember the BRA slash BPDA, um, and I'm going to put it in the context of Boston and then overall, uh, when um, a highway was proposed to come straight through the black community. And so the black community and, and Chuck Turner and, a, you know, God rest his soul, and a lot of community activists got together and said, no, it's not coming through here. Um, for those who are old enough, remember the elevated, the orange line and the train. And that was supposed to be replaced <clears throat> by something underground that didn't happen. We ended up getting buses. And so it seems like there's always a fight. But overall, when it comes to the black community and communities of color, there are governmental policies that disrupt mm. the black community and disrupt. Is this streets and squares? Because I'm kind of jumping to the, to the meat of this. Yeah. Is this squares and streets, streets and squares, another one of these policies that overall is still going to disrupt the communities of color? And should we be alarmed and pay attention? There's a, there's a, there's a chart of um, some upcoming meetings, if, um, if my director, Ashley, if you can put that up, please. And so how, how alarmed, oh, can we see that? Can we enlarge that? I can't really see that. Yeah, 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 there we go. So December 20th, December 27th, um, there are squares, and there it goes, squares and streets, citywide draft zoning amendment, public meeting. So they've got these public meetings. It's on the website. Um, We've only got a couple of dates on there, but I only screenshot some of this stuff. But there's a series of dates right. where the community needs to sign up, go down, show up. But I'm not sure if we, we, I include me in that, are going to be in the right side of the discussion because it's so daggone confusing in right. terms of what they're trying to do. Right. Thank you. So, so how, do, how alarmed should we be and what is the time frame of, well, it looks like it's a good idea, Let's get zoning across the city so we can more effectively use the resources and the land mass. But it strikes, of, it strikes of colonialism to me, it strikes of gentrification to me, that some group of people who may or may not live in the city of Boston, who may or may not have the um, institutional knowledge or the experience of being here, are deciding what we're going to do for the land that we're all living on here. Do I have that right or is it something else? Well, it, yes. Okay. Yes, and yes, but. Okay. Um, so, so like I said, and I'm not going to like get into this level You've of detail. Go to the it's website. just too much. Um, but there's there's going to be the rewriting of the zoning, right? That's and there's different no articles. What. That's happening. Okay. So there will be a rewriting of zoning, and so then the question is, how can we impact the the language in that that zoning code? Now, we is who? The we is the, 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 the community, the residents homeowners, renters, constituents, voters, um, supporters of Wu, supporters of Aaron Murphy, everybody. Everybody should be engaged in this okay. because at the end of the day, it's going to make a big difference. Let me tell you some of the, the details as to why. So the language itself mm -hmm. we need to pay attention to, and I think that, that that's going to be a painful process to learn about this thing, but I think that we need to figure out ways to talk to the community so that they understand the details. We also need to demand that we can play a role in helping to do some redrafting. That's something that we don't usually do, right? There's meetings, there's not really time to do redrafting in the meetings because there's a presentation, then there's Q&A, and the Q&A is mushy at best, right? <sighs> and answers don't really get answered. So for example, you got all this language, but then what's going to happen? So they're going to vote on the language, and then they're going to take these. Who's going to vote? The BPD? So, so the, the language, once it is completed, right, if there, there's a By series home. of the BPDA zoning staff, okay. the, the planning staff is writing this document. Okay. The planning staff is presenting in these meetings. Okay. The planning staff is also doing... Um, office hours with the, the planning staff, saw. Yeah. right? So you can go to office hours and ask tons of questions. There's a comment period, so you can go and write comments. Now, I would argue that we should go further than that. We should go several steps further than that. We should have the opportunity to have the zoning language that is proposed 
in a big meeting on a screen and people should be able to make comments and make changes. So that is something that we could. So it's not a done deal. Yeah. So it's not. I mean, they're saying now that there's a community process taking place and people can impact what's in that. So let's impact what's in it. Let's figure out a way and make a demand and figure out how to get people together to start making some changes. And the to next this meeting thing. is in a couple of days. So um, can we get the phone number up because maybe there's some people that are in our audience now who are like me who want to ask questions and. Um, and there, there are events taking place, like I heard, and one of your callers who's going to call in is, is going to have a date for um, the BPDA presenting in Roslindale at mm -hmm. St. Nectarius Church to be able to have people ask questions. Yeah, when is that? That's okay. I, it's, <laughs> sure. I just found out about it today. We'll come back. Yeah. Um, the Hyde Park Neighborhood Association had them in, and we asked them questions so that... But part of the problem is, is that, that, that we need to do more than that. We can't just ask questions because nothing happens in that, those engagements other than everybody walks away frustrated. Um, so, so there's going to be this document, right? Mm -hmm. And the document will have what all these various uses are. Then the document will be voted on by the Zoning Commission, mm -hmm. right, because we can, we can create and change zoning, we have the authority to do that. The city does through the zoning commission, right? Then there'll be this new zoning, right? Mm -hmm. Then at the same, or at a parallel time, because the sense is that this is going to go, they want it to be wrapped up by March. Um, of, the, of 2024? Yes. Are you kidding me? So a big part of our, well, what people are saying in community is slow it down. Slow it down. It took over a year for the article 69 folks in Hyde Park mm -hmm. to come up with new zoning. Okay, so right? we've got a phone call. Is that, um, hello, phone caller, are you there? Um, you've got noise in the background. Can you shut off whatever's in the background? My, my husband's taking it out of the room right this now. This is Lori. Okay, That's, that would be great. And can you tell us what your name is, where you're calling from? Oh, hi, question? am I on? Yes, you are. Hi, hi, I'm Lori. I'm, I live in Roslindale, and I really appreciate your having this program. Um, I've tried to tackle that 116 pages, and the way it reads to me is that the BPDA has built a template. You know, certain zones can have certain things. So S-whatever S can have a 14-story building with extreme density. The first floor is retail. None of the zones from S0 to S6 allow parking in the building. There's no mandatory building. You can build parking, but you um, are not mandated parking. And for me in Rosendale, with uh, the people I work with in the square, parking's important to our small businesses. And what's, that's one problem I'm having with this new zoning. And the other thing, is, as Mimi alluded to, is the community engagement. You know, the templates are written. And I don't know how much, without a lot of work, we're going to be able to affect the kinds of choices the zoning writers made in terms of what these different districts look like. And just the third thing that has me very, very concerned is once everything's passed, it goes to BPDA board, it passes, it goes to the zoning commission, it passes, then someone's going to come into my neighborhood and tell me what corridors is going to have what. And I think it's happening in Mattapan now. And you're just kind of scratching your head saying, when did I get to help you decide this? And so the community engagement piece is extremely important. And I'm just interested in yours and others' um, advice as to how to get that community engagement that we were all promised. So, Lori, gonna... let me ask you something. Why did you become and why are you so engaged in this particular issue? Like, are you... Part of uh, are you a business owner? Like what? Because because you sound very knowledgeable and very um, engaged. Okay. But yeah, so I got um, I started a group called the Rosendale Coalition, and about half of our members are small business owners from Rosendale Square, and we all kind of got to know each other over buildings that were going to be built that were going to harm the businesses in the square for various reasons. Two of our members have already been displaced mm. by developments, and so. Um, I've gotten to know more people. I've, I've gone to a lot of 
zoning hearings. I've gone to a lot of ZBA meetings, and that's how I became engaged because these are my neighbors. Now, and, I remember and, when Roslindale Square looked like something else, and so for those of us who, re who have been here long enough, Roslindale Square now is very vibrant in terms of businesses, in terms of engagement, in terms of a sense of community and a vibrancy that um, wasn't there about 30 years ago. Right, and we have, we, we're standing on the shoulders of some very important people who uh, were in Main Streets early on. But right now the square is getting gentrified. And mm. so we're losing our uh, Dominican Republic hairdressers. We're losing our Lebanese uh, food vendor who, sold, who sells healthy food at reasonable prices for working families. It's, it's going to be gentrified, and um, we really need to be careful. When we talk about affordable, what's affordable? Mm. You know, 80%, um, you know, they're all different kinds of salary figures and different kinds of, you know, net income figures. But the affordability that's being mentioned is not affordable to the very store own business owners in the square. They right. couldn't afford to live in the buildings that are going up. Laurie, thank you so much for calling in. You have been a wealth of uh, information. Please oh, stay tuned. Oh, how nice. Don't hang up. Um, I hope to meet you. And oh, I uh, love that. thank you for calling in. Sometimes I get phone calls and I'm like, what? But you are, you hit it on the nail. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And thank you for this program. And thank you for having Mimi on. She's awesome. She is, isn't she? <laughs> she is. <laughs> thank you so much. And Bye -bye so now. taking phone calls and don't wait. That was an awesome phone call. Don't wait until, you know, you think you've got more time in the program. You don't. Um, we're live. Um, so can I say one thing to yeah. add to what Lori said? So, so, like she said, there's going to be this, this document, this new zoning code. It will be voted on. Um, and then, then that's where the squares and streets thing comes in. So all of those um, different uh, uses that can happen in the S0 through S4, right, can then, well, I'll strike that. We'll start, start again. Um, so the streets and squares, what they're going to do is they're going to focus on particular squares, Cleary Square, Logan Square, Mattapan Square, right? And particular streets, we don't know which ones because we don't know what streets. It's called streets and squares because it's, the focus is then gonna be on local planning initiatives. So they're saying that in, at the beginning of the calendar year, there's gonna be a four to six month planning process where the BPDA will work with community residents to plan okay, about what those squares look like using the tools that are in here and using the little, the zones, well, hold right? On, back it up a second, back it up a second. So is the mechanism for selecting the people who are having the discussion, see, here's my problem, and I'm pretty engaged. These meetings usually happen during business hours when the people who are directly impacted are at work. Oh, they'll do them at night. I'm sure the zone, I mean, I don't know. We don't know anything about, I mean, we don't know anything yet about the squares and streets zoning planning process. So right? how do what's we... happening now is the, the, the articles are being created, the, the tools are being created, the planning process is gonna take them and then they're gonna be, I think, as of right, and they're gonna drop, take, take them and be able to drop them in to, to different parts of the neighborhood. That's up. the part that you well, get to you plan about. What you said earlier was that the community is saying slow it up. Right. And the neighborhood association is saying slow it up. Yep. How do we slow that up? Do we call the mayor? Do we sign petitions? What are we doing? All the above. Mm -hmm. um, and say what? Slow up the process of yeah. streets and squares? Yes. That's pretty simple. All, all the zone, slow up the process of rewriting Article 80, of the planning process of squares and streets and of the rewriting of the zoning code. Slow it up so people can engage more. So, I, you know, what I noticed around Boston in certain areas is all of a sudden um, there were bus lanes. Okay, there were bus lanes in the middle of the street. I remember seeing these little community meetings but then all of a sudden seeing these bus lanes and these bicycle lanes. We've got a phone caller. I want to hold off because I want this phone caller. Hi, caller. Can you give me your name, where you're calling from, and your question or comment, please? My name is Anthony. I call from Washington and I have a comment, too. Okay. Hi, Anthony. Yeah, when it comes to this 
quote-unquote affordable housing. Yes, I know there's a lot of steps and elements and things to that nature to own a home in Boston, but there's always a double-edged sword. Mm. There's always going to be a hidden agenda with the mayor wanting to keep people, the older generation and the young generation here in Boston for whatever reason. I'm not going to get into that because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. I also noticed that when it comes to getting, starting up, getting a homo, becoming a homo, you have to take the class. But the problem is that certificate only lasts three years. And you're a person who's working at a minimum wage, very minimum wage job, three years isn't long enough to get the homo or, you know, buy the homo. So they, and also things happen, case in part, COVID. So when it comes to having having these fashions in the city which the man wants people to stay and live here you have to think outside the box quote unquote because if she and also the city council want Boston to be this quote unquote world class city or several point class city then there has to be a lot of cooperation not compromise from the people, because if she doesn't come, sorry, if she doesn't come off away with us, then in the next 20 to 50 years, gentrification is going to slowly but inevitably push a lot of black people mm-hmm. outside of Boston, and they're going to have to move to Boston, Randolph, Stoughton, etc. Thank you, Anthony from Roxbury. Can I say a couple of things about affordable housing? So one of the interesting things, so understanding all of this feels like one of the goals is to create more affordable housing, right? Okay, but there's a difference between affordable and low income. But let me just say, let me just say, let me me tell you the, yes, let me tell you the language in here. Okay. So the language in the article 23, is it 23? I don't know. The language in here says if the definition, their definition of affordable housing is at least 60% of the project units are income restricted at or below 100% of the AMI. So I looked up what 100% of the AMI is. So it's the area median income, which basically is the way that that housing urban development frames what affordable housing is. And affordable housing, as Sharon knows, because she's you've been we've been working on trying to build affordable housing now with the Southwest Boston CDC for years, is you can only build affordable housing if you have a subsidy to build it. And so it's really hard to build it, right? So that's part of the reason why they allow the planners and, and folks in the city and CDCs go up to this 100% of the medium because you don't have to have as much of a subsidy for that unit. But 100% of the median for one person is $103,900. Say that again, 100%. 100% of the median. So I did a little comparison chart here. I have 30% of the median, 60% of the median, 80% of the median, and 100% of the median. So for somebody, for 30%, of area median income, which would be the kind of thing that Mass Alliance of HUD tenants is is trying to make sure that people can stay who have that kind of income, is 31,170, one person. That's what you can make to live in a 30% of the median affordable housing unit. But the cost of living, if you look at the standards for the cost of living for Boston to be able to get housing, I think was anywhere between fifty-seven and seventy-five thousand dollars a year. Well, they'll—I mean, people will argue that affordable housing activists, policymakers, others will will say that one hundred percent of the median is considered workforce housing. One person, one hundred and three thousand. Six people, making one hundred and seventy-two thousand. Right? Eighty percent of the median still really high, eighty-three thousand one twenty. Six people in the household, 137. 60% of the median is much more reasonable in terms of two income, two working, fam- two um, wage earners, 
one person, 62,340, six people, 103. I mean, you have to make a lot of money to be able to, to Hold up a second. get Put a, a unit at 100% of the median. Hold on a second. And so then also the studies uh, that were talking about, you know, the color of wealth, which was done 10 years ago. Yeah, a bunch of um, years ago. Right? Still said that the average black family in Roxbury not only lives 35 years less, less yep. but also net worth is only $8 versus the average white family yep. in Roxbury of 247000 And the only demographic of people, and, and Anthony talked about it, our caller, um, that, has, that has gone down, over 10,000 black residents have had to, in Boston, yep. everybody else has gone up. So we're already being pushed out. Yep. My friend Siddiqui Cambone, um, the Black Community Information Center that mounted the campaign to change Dudley Station into Nubian Square, there's barely any Nubians that live there anymore. Right. So how does, how does this right. work? I mean, and plus we have, when you and I talked way before this show, that Hyde Park in particular in certain areas in, this, in, in Boston has a high percentage of immigrants who are not even uh, native, their first language is not English. My first thing is English, and this was crunching my brain. So how do we motivate, and they're not necessarily homeowners, but they're definitely, they have to have a roof over their head, right? So we've got a homelessness crisis, and then we've got an immigrant crisis, and there's a ceiling on that in terms of um, who's allowed to even come here and stay here. So you've got that on top of a winter, which it was kind of warm today, to be honest with you, even though we're in the middle of the winter, but it will get cold, because it does get cold here. How do... How does someone not get overwhelmed and just run away? Oh, because you do. People do get overwhelmed. I mean, that, that's a big part of the problem, right? I mean, it's just too much for our, our brains to handle, right? It's very easy to get overwhelmed with this stuff. So the first thing is to, so should, the simplest thing, the first thing is to call the mayor. Yes. Call. If you can't do Call it, the mayor, call your city councilors, call the BPDA, and say, please slow this down so people can have time to understand it, to participate, and to help to change some of the language. And then you said that people can call you, because we have a number sure. for more information. Yep, they can call can me. Can we put that number up? They can call me. One of the things that we're going to be doing in Hyde Park, and we're going to be trying to do this across the city, is send in letters, also do community meetings. There's an entity in Hyde Park called the Community Input Board. We want to try to get them engaged in this, do some community meetings around this. Um, yeah. Oh, man. So we've got like five minutes left. Okay. Give me three things. So we said call the mayor, call your elected officials, Yep. and, and say slow it down. Slow down squares and streets. Slow down squares and streets. Did you hear that? Call the mayor. Call 311. I'll keep it simple. Call 311. They will connect you to the mayor's office, and you will actually have a, a login number a tracking number that says that you called in. Call your, <laughs> call your neighbors, call your family, have everybody call in that you know, because this is going to affect you. Instead of you waiting and then kvetching and kimonin, oh, where did this building come from? Oh, how come I can't, oh, come, do it now. And the other thing that we wanna know is where, what is the footprint of the squares and what is the footprint of the streets? So are they, is it going to be all of Hyde Park Ave starting at Forest Hills going all the way to Reedville? Is that going to be what's going to be impacted? Is it going to be a mile? Is it going to be every single square? Like we want to know those things, right? That's super important. Um, and we want to, the, the issue is really who gets to decide. Does, do the professionals get to decide? Or do the folks who work and live in the community, are there every single day, they understand how, what the quality of life means, do they get to decide? So people should be able to decide. This is about what happens to the land, what happens to housing. This is about making sure that folks have the kind of quality of life that, that they want. So it's squares and streets, the citywide draft zoning amendment, um, you see some dates here that have already passed. However, this is part of the website. You can go onto boston.gov 
and you can put in the you know little cute thing with the question thing, squares and streets, and there are pages that will pages pop up. Pages and pages and pages, yep. Um, you can read the document. There's a link to it, 116 pages. Or you can just tell the mayor, I live in Boston. I just heard about this on this show on another level with Sharon Eaton Henson and Mimi Churchiness, and I'm starting to wonder in the middle of the Christmas bells and the new year and howdy doody, what is going on? Because this is, this is they're talking about making a decision by March, like spring yeah. of 2024. You hurt? So here's the website. This is what it looks like. There's a lot of, I mean, we're just showing you what it looks like, the squares and streets. Thank you, Ashley. Um, Ashley Lewis, who is my director, and also my other crew member, uh, Ike Benjamin. So this is what it looks like. I'm not expecting you to read it now, but this is what it looks like. Call 311. Tell the mayor, tell your counselor, tell your brother, tell your mother, tell your neighbors. If you go into a store, mm. it's going to affect the store. Tell yep. the store owner, right? Squares and streets. Look, can we bring that back up again? That was kind of cool. That little graphic right there in the ends of the program. You see that? Mayor, so major street, neighborhood, transit. Focus of squares and streets. Think about all the places. So Ashmont, Forest Hills, Nubian Square, um, Ruggles, all these different, East Boston. You think of all these places where all those intersect, and those are gonna, that's the nexus. That's the, the, gonna be the focal point well, initially. Well, we, we don't know what the focal point well, is Well, I mean, according to the website, that's gonna be one of them. Right. So, um, yeah. And I mean, one of the goals, some of the goals are very lofty. I mean, the goals are more affordable housing. The goals are um, more vibrancy in squares, trying to get people to participate in, in the polis and the, in the public, um, doing arts and culture. All those things okay, are great, yeah. right? That's those are great good. things. But um, we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, and it's, and it's too much. And thank you for being here with us. Thank you. Thank you. Mimi, my friend Mimi. She always keeps me up to date in this kind of stuff. Thank you for being here with us. Um, happy, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Happy New Year. We'll actually be back. Um, I'll actually be back on Black Teachers Matter on my podcast on WBCA Radio, our community radio station. This is On Another Level. I'm your host, Sharon Eaton Hinton. Thank you to Mimi Turchinis. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Drive safely. God bless. That. Agree with, voted with anything he believed in. One of the biggest, biggest in the United States Congress. He had the audacity to send out a Dr. King quote. The march has begun every day. We rise like the sun. We fight till the battle is won. Can you hear the footsteps? Listen, cause we're coming like a gang on the street. So you better start running. It's time for some action now. Historical progression. Generations march in succession through 400 years. Hate, blood, sweat, and tears. And counting the resistance is now.